Well, this morning we are continuing our series that we are calling Being Like Jesus. We're in week number six now. Um, and what we've been doing is studying what is known as the Beatitudes. Uh, it's how Jesus begins. Uh, it's the introduction of this very famous sermon uh, that's called the Sermon on the Mount uh, that Jesus uh, preached. And, and what we've been seeing is that these Beatitudes, what they really are, instead of just the Beatitudes, they are attitudes of people who are Christians. They're the attitudes of people who are followers of Christ that are trying to be like Jesus. And we've been talking about them over the past several weeks is that they're building blocks. And we've seen how they build one upon another upon another as we've gone through this. Uh, the building blocks of Christianity that Jesus is giving us here. Uh, and so we've seen the importance of laying this foundation uh, in our lives as followers of Christ because what we've seen is this is the foundation of true and real happiness. This, this is the foundation of, of having real joy and, and peace that won't be affected by our circumstances. It won't be affected by what's going on around us. It won't be affected when we have a bad day or when we have a bad year like 2020. And nine different times, Jesus says, you are blessed. You lived your life like this, and he says, you are blessed. You are most happy, you are most joyful when you live your lives based on these things and being like Jesus. And so that brings us to our next building block this morning that Jesus uh, gives his followers there on that uh, hillside. But he also gives to us today, and we find it there in verse number 8, where Jesus says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Would you join me in prayer for just a moment? Dear God, today this is my prayer. God, today I hope that everyone here and that's watching online would join me in this prayer. That you would create in me a pure heart. That you would create in us a, a pure heart. A heart that, that hungers for more of you and, and your will. So that we can receive this promise of seeing you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Well, today, obviously, we're going to be talking about the condition of the heart, right? And so as I began to study this and look at this, uh, my mind went several different directions, which is not uh, shocking to any of you uh, that know how my mind works. Um, but uh, I just began to Google random things about the heart. Um, and I learned some things I didn't know. Did you know that in a 24-hour period, some of our medical workers probably know this, but in a 24-hour period that your heart will beat an average of 100,000 times a day? I had no idea. I'd never done the math. I'd never thought about it. Your heart beats over 100,000 times a day. 
No wonder we're tired, right? I mean, the, muscle, the heart is a muscle, right? And it's being used 100,000 times a day. And I also learned this, in a 24-hour period, it will pump approximately 1,900 gallons of blood through it during that time. That's incredible to me. Some of you look at me like you don't believe me. You have your doubts. Google it. Hmm? We do it a lot around my house. Hey, Siri, you know, and then ask. I'm surprised all your phones didn't just light up when I said, hey, Siri. Not only that, but here was something else that I thought was very interesting that I saw on Google. It says that if you take all of your blood vessels out of your body and lay them end to end, they will stretch around the earth almost four times. You want to try it? Daniel said he would be a candidate. So, isn't that amazing? Though, the human heart is so amazing. Life and the way that life is sustained is incredible. And, and, and here's the deal. I know something about you. You don't want your heart to take a break. <laughs> right? You're not giving your heart a week off for vacation. You want it to keep working. You don't want your heart to ever stop. And so many people do as much as they can possibly do to keep their heart healthy so that they can get as many beats out of it as they possibly can. And so they kind of they try to control their blood pressure and, and we try to control our cholesterol or bad cholesterol and we try to control, you know, saturated fat. Some people exercise to strengthen their heart so that it will live long. Some of you know my theory about that. And I believe with all my heart that I'm right. I believe that when you are born, your heart is created with a certain number of beats in it. And so I don't want to do anything that is going to increase my heart rate to waste any of those beats that I'm going to need at the end of my life. Now, y'all can continue to do that if you think that's fun. I've never seen anybody running that looked like they were having fun. They looked like they were in tremendous amount of pain. But they do it for the sake of living longer, you know. And y'all go ahead with that. But I'm going to just tell you, your heart only has a certain number of beats in it. Don't waste them. All right, and, and I'll remind people of this when I do your funeral. Uh, I'm continually doing funerals of people that exercise and eat healthy. So y'all keep it up. Keeps me, keeps me busy. But I, I'm kidding. Y'all know I'm kidding. That was all facetious. Because seriously, most of us do want our heart to beat as long as it possibly will. And so we do things. I mean, and I don't do, get a lot of exercise except for when Lynette's working me like a dog around the house. But uh, I do take cholesterol meds and high blood pressure meds and all that because I want my heart to be better. Uh, and so uh, Jesus, here's the deal. Jesus isn't talking here about our physical heart. All right. He, instead, he's speaking to our spiritual lives, our, our spiritual heart. Uh, your, your heart is not just this powerful physical muscle or organ pumping blood through your body, but the Bible speaks repeatedly 
to the heart being the essence of who you are. It's your soul. It's not just your heart, but it's, it's also your mind. It's your inner being, the essence of your life. And friends, just like a body will go lifeless when the physical heart stops beating, a person's spiritual life is dependent upon the health and the condition of their heart, their spiritual heart. And so Jesus says here, blessed are the pure in heart. And so this morning I want to do it a little bit differently. We've been looking at the promise kind of toward the end of the message. But this morning I want to look at the promise first that Jesus gives those who are pure in heart. What is the blessing promised here for those who are pure in heart? What is it? They will see God, right? I mean, that's the promise that comes along with this. Who in here this morning does not want to see God? Raise your hand. (laughs) I, I see no hands this morning. We all want to see God, right? I mean, that's the goal. That's the purpose. We want to see God. And what Jesus is saying here, here is how you can. Here's how this happens and takes place. Each of these Beatitudes are pretty clear about the blessings and the promises that come along with each one of them that we can receive. And these qualities and these characteristics of Jesus are developed in our lives, as as that takes place, Jesus says, here are the blessings that you will receive. The poor in spirit, remember, the promise is, will receive the kingdom of God. The Those who mourn, He promises that they will be comforted. Those who are meek, they will receive the earth. He's speaking to what no one can take away from you is the promise to those who are meek. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. And last week we learned that those who are merciful, it's promised to them that they will receive mercy. And likewise, the pure in heart are also given a promise today And it's that they will see God. And that's not hard to understand, is it? I mean, that's pretty straightforward. That's so simple that even a child can understand it and believe it at a very young age and accept it. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12, he says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. Right now, we we can't really totally understand it all. We don't totally understand God. We've got some questions. Some of this, you know, doesn't completely make sense to us. That's what Paul's talking about. Now we see things imperfectly, but then we will see everything with perfect vision and, and with perfect clarity. It will all become clear to us. And the pure in heart We'll see God and see Him clearly. And we look at that, and naturally when we read that, we look at that, and I've already alluded to it, we automatically go to this thought of seeing God in heaven. Right? 
That's what we go to and that's what we think about. Seeing God in heaven. And that's true and that's going to be awesome. Uh, And on Wednesday nights, uh, we've been studying for the last several weeks what heaven's going to be like and understanding what the Bible says about heaven. And it's been uh, just an awesome study and I've learned so much. Heaven's going to be awesome because God's going to be there. Our Savior is going to be there and we'll see Him and know Him. We'll see Him in our life there. And here's the deal, and don't miss this. The pure in heart now can also see God now. Right? We'll see Him in our life there, but we can also see Him here. And again, this morning, I want to look at this beatitude from uh, the paraphrased version of the message. I know I'm kind of hung up on it in this series, but I just love the way it describes these beatitudes. It says this, Matthew 5, verse 8 from the message. It says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world once we get the inside right then we'll be able to see God in the outside world so not only uh, you know will the pure in heart see God in heaven but the pure in heart will also be able to see him right now in this world that that we live in and and friends that's a a great blessing that's a great promise uh, for us this morning so that's the promise and what we know, then what does pure in heart mean? Well, what does it mean to be pure in heart? Well, many of us uh, would say that, that the pure in heart would be, uh, you would consider them to be people who are, are, are free from sin. Right? It's clean living. Uh, maybe unpolluted <laughs> uh, lives. And, and while all those would be a great description of purity... We can't miss the fact that a pure heart is not only a, life, a heart that's been cleansed of sin, but it's also a life that is free from the power of sin. And this is huge. We're free from the power of sin. Some old-time Nazarenes would refer to this this morning proudly as sanctification (laughs) because that's exactly what it is it's sanctification we talk about it teach about it in our doctrine because oh by the way it's in the bible the bible is very clear about uh being sanctified and and so that's uh, that's what this is speaking to as well this morning it's it's where the holy spirit comes into our lives and does this work of cleansing and creating in us uh, a heart that is free from, uh, not only cleansed from sin, but free from the power of sin. And it's the Holy Spirit that does that work in our lives. It's, it's nothing that we can do on our own. It's not a, a decision that we're going to try harder. It's not how many boxes we bring. You know, this is a work that's done by the Holy uh, Spirit uh, in our lives that frees us from the power 
of sin. One of my, my uh, commentaries that I use when I'm studying gave this definition, and I love it. It's probably the most perfect definition of pure heart that I've seen. It says it like this, The pure in heart are those who have been delivered from sin's power by God's grace, and now they strive without deceit to please and glorify God and be like Him. It is the driving force in their life, in all that they do, that they would please God, glorify God, and be like Him. The pure in heart, friends, are free from the power of sin. And this process, I want you to think about it this morning. This process begins at the very beginning. You like how, you like how I came up with that? It begins at the beginning? Huh? It begins, the process starts at the very beginning. Review with me again what we've learned up to, to this point on how sin is dealt with from the very beginning of the Beatitudes. And again, we've been talking about laying them one on top of the other, on top of the other, and they build and, and they grow. So think about we, we, where we started. We started with the poor in spirit. They died to self through this brokenness and, and through humility, understanding my life is a wreck without God. My life, uh, my life is no good. My life will count for nothing uh, without God. My, my sin cannot be taken care of without a Savior. I need a Savior. And it's this desperation, this poor in spirit where you know, we realize we can't save ourselves and we need a Savior. That's the poor in spirit. And in our sin, we're nothing and we can be nothing. And then it was those who mourn. And we talked about it's those whose hearts are broken over their sin. Those whose hearts are broken over how they've lived in the past and the things that they've done in the past. And they grieve and they mourn over that sin knowing that it's not right and it must be, it must be taken care of, right? And, and then uh, the meek. And what did the meek do, do? Well, after this realization in the morning over, the, over their sin, they come and they go, God, here I am. Here I am. Here's all of me. And, and we surrender our lives. We consider, can, uh, commit our... our, our uh, easy for me to say. Y'all edit that out of that video that, uh, oh, it's live, isn't it? Lovely. Um, but the meek surrender control of their lives and, and desires over to God. Remember we talked about uh, giving Him the reins like a horse's reins. The guy riding with the reins in his hand controls and what that horse, where it goes and what it does. It's still very powerful, but that power and the will is under the control and, and that's uh, those who are meek. And then when, when that happens, as that happens, uh, we begin to have this hunger and thirst as we realize this work that God is doing in our life that only God can do in our life. We begin to get hungrier and thirstier for that. Right? We hunger and thirst for this righteousness and the things of God, understanding that, that the power to be able to live in victory, the power to be able to, to have life on this wor world in any kind of uh, uh, shape, form, or fashion that will have joy and peace and happiness in it can only come from God. And, and so 
Notice, these first four Beatitudes are all about us pursuing God, chasing God, coming before God. It's all about what, what, what we must do in relationship with God. And then last week as we started the second four of the eight, we see the results of that. We see, of what we've, we see the results and the fruit of what we've done in these first four steps. And there's no shortcut to get from the beginning to four. It's a process. It's building blocks that build these steps that we're, we're, we're building on. And, and so these last four are the fruit of what God has done in us through these first four things after this foundation has been laid in our hearts and our lives. And then last week we saw the fruit of that is that we will be merciful we'll be merciful we'll we'll be compassionate people we'll we'll be forgiving people and not only that but we even saw that we show god mercy by faithfully loving him faithfully loving god and faithfully loving others faithfully loving our neighbor faithfully loving Others, And this is what brings us this morning now through the process, through the steps that we've been taking as we build. That's what brings us this morning to a pure heart. See, sin is being, has, has been being dealt with since the very beginning, hasn't it? But now we get to the point to where we have a pure heart. Because friends, it's more than being forgiven. It's more than being clean. Don't miss this. A pure heart is genuine. A pure heart genuinely wants to serve God. and Bring glory to God in all that we do. In all that we say. It's not, it's not just getting up and dragging ourselves to church occasionally on Sunday. It's not just grabbing our, our, our phone or our, our computer and, and watching a, a brief message online every once in a while. The pure in heart live for God. The pure in heart are genuine. And they have a healthy heart, a, a healthy life because it's being controlled and led by uh, Jesus and for Jesus. It's speaking to these people whose hearts beat with the heartbeat of Jesus. They're alike. They're aligned. They are authentic followers of Christ. David, who pursued God like no other. Scripture says a man after God's own heart. David, who understood this, said it, like this in Psalm 86, verse 11 and 12. David said, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. It's this heart, okay, that is faithful to God. And don't miss what he said here. It's not divided. 
David is praying, give me an undivided heart. Because here's the deal. Satan is wanting to divide our heart. He's wanting us to be divided. And and so you you might think, well, what does that mean? Is my heart divided between, are you trying to say my heart's divided between God and and Satan? I'm I'm not putting it to that extreme this morning, but I'm saying that Satan wants to divide your heart. That he wants it to be not just about God, but also the things of the world. And here's the deal. So many people, and I talk to so many people, that are exhausted trying to balance. Trying to balance everything. I'm trying to juggle everything. I've got all these irons in the fire. And we, before we know it, have a divided heart because we're trying to balance with everything else that we've got going on over here. We're trying to balance God and somehow get that equal. Get that worked out. Trying to pull off a balancing act between God and everything else. Friends, that's a, that's a divided heart. And I'll just tell you, this has become my daily prayer. It has to be my daily prayer. I need God to be in absolute full control of my heart. <laughs> I need Him to fill every inch of my being with His presence and His power, and I need Him to be in control because I can't live without Him. Without Him, I make a mess out of my life. Without Him, I can't do the right thing. I can't say the right thing. I need Him totally filling me, leading me, guiding me, helping me, I'm praying that God help me in how I respond, help me in how I act, help me in what I say, totally consume me and control me so that you will be glorified. And friends, I'm going to just tell you today, you can't do this either. You can't do this on your own. You can't make this balancing act work out. It just will not happen you will die when your heart for God gets unhealthy you will die when your heart for God stops beating clowns are creepy there I said it it's part of my therapy. I'm sorry. Y'all were interrupted with that. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, seriously, I never liked, don't judge me. I never really liked Bozo. All right, he just creeped me out a little bit. When I was a kid, I was scared to death of clowns. Everybody else wanted to go to the circus, and I would go to the circus and cover my eyes. I, I hated it, despised it. I, I don't like clowns. Don't be a clown. A lot of people get up every day and they put on their face. They put on their hair. (laughs) They put on their disguise. Right before they walk out the door, they may even paint a big smile on their face. But under all that is the real you. 
struggling, hurting. And some of you feel like you're going to die. And it's because your heart is sick. It's not healthy. You feel sick because you are sick. And you can't see God because your vision is it's blurred. One of my commentaries said it like this. Sin is like dust in the eyes. Clouds the vision and distorts the view. Some of you are going to find this hard to believe, but I used to rodeo a little bit when I was in high school. And um, I was at a rodeo, I believe it was in Jonesboro. I got thrown off a horse. And when it bucked me off, and some of you maybe that are familiar with, with rodeo a, a little bit, uh, it was a saddle bronc horse. And uh, sometimes when you get bucked off a saddle bronc horse, the last thing to leave is your feet. And so this horse, when it bucked me off and threw me, I mean, this dude slam-dunked me head first into the arena ground. Face first. Not even time to put my hands out or nothing. I mean, it was just slam-dunk, bam, right on my face. And when I got up from that, my eyes were so full of dirt that I couldn't see hardly anything. I got up, and I didn't know which way to even go. I didn't know which way the bucking chutes were. I didn't know where anything was because I could not see because my eyes were crammed, so full of dirt. Somebody got me and, and led me to the medics that were there at, at the arena, and, and, and they looked at me, and they pulled my eyelids up and began to look, and they said, we, we're not going to be able to get all this out of here. They said, you're going to have to go to the emergency room. And so I, I go to the emergency room, being led to the emergency room to get my eyes cleaned out. And, and until they got all that junk out of my eyes, until they got them uh, cleaned out and all the stuff that was in there flushed out, I, I couldn't see. I, I couldn't see clearly at all. And, and not only could I not see... But it was painful to have all of that junk in my eyes. So painful. And spiritually, if the truth be told, there are a lot of people walking around, rubbing their eyes, hurting with a blurred vision. And they can't see God clearly. There's a new Christian song out right now that has become my favorite. And it's so powerful. And it's a song by Matthew West called Truth Be Told. And when I told uh, Hunter, our creative arts guy, that I wanted to show it this morning, he told me I couldn't. Rule number one, don't tell me you can't. So in order to do it, uh, we can't show it online. And so those watching live 
for a moment, for a few minutes, just hang with us. We can't show the video online, but I encourage you later to go watch it. Matthew West, Truth Be Told. We're going to play it in our service now for those that are here. And I want you to listen to how true this song is as it speaks to us this morning. And if the truth be told, that some of us here today and we have gotten really good at faking it and acting genuine instead of working through the process that Jesus gives us here in these Beatitudes and allowing God to make us genuine and create in us a new and pure heart. The promise to See God now and for all of eternity is dependent upon the condition of your heart. And you can't fake that. And you can't cover that up. And here's the deal. God wants you to have it. God wants you, uh, he, he wants to give you a new and healthy and pure heart Jesus died on the cross so that you could have it. And that you could experience. And you can have it if you ask Him for it. If you ask Him, we receive this pure heart, this new heart, through faith. Faith in, in Christ and that this is what He wants to do in our lives. And it's through our faith that He cleanses us and makes us new. And no longer will our hearts be divided and have this balancing act going on. But instead, Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19 and 20 says, This is God speaking. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and they'll be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. God will not turn you away. He wants you to have life and life more abundantly, He says. Jesus died and He allowed His blood to be poured out on Calvary so that your heart could be cleansed and your heart could be made pure. And if the truth be told, somebody here today needs to see God clearly. And here's the deal. That ball is in your court. It's your decision. You will see Him if you seek Him. You will see Him 
if you seek Him. A pure heart is genuine. It's clean, healthy, living under the power of God and no longer the powers of this world or the power of sin. And when you have a pure heart, your vision is clear. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. This morning we're going to celebrate someone who's laying those blocks in their life. A young man that has accepted Christ as his Savior. And he's building his life on this foundation of God. And we're going to celebrate with him this morning before we go. Let's pray before we do that. God, I thank you today so much for your word and for this reminder in your word today. And This is nothing new. To most of us here today, we've all heard this before. It's not new scripture. It's not a new concept that you want to make us new and make us more like you. It's the message of the Bible and we all have known it. But God, today it's a powerful, powerful reminder, especially in the time that we live in, what a follower of Christ is. And it's not about a balancing act. It's just about putting you first in everything that we do in our lives, putting you first in our day, coming before you daily saying, God, fill me, control me, Lead me. Help me to represent you today because if you don't help me, I'm going to mess it up. Thank you for the help that you've promised us. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And you want to do that in our lives, but we have to ask for it. We have to seek it. We have to pursue it, pursue you in our lives. And so, God, I pray today that that would be exactly what takes place in this place. Maybe someone watching online. They would make the decision to seek you and allow you to cleanse them so that they can see you clearly. And God, today we're so thankful today for what you're doing right now, but not just what you're doing right now, but what you're going to do in the days ahead. And as we celebrate with Connor this morning as he comes to get baptized, God. Not only do we celebrate with him, but we commit to him that we'll be here to help him on this journey, to help his family, that we'll be encouragers and we'll be the kind of family that is always there and always supporting and always spurring him on. So God, we thank you for our church family. We thank you for how it's growing and how the kingdom is growing. So we celebrate that today. We celebrate you today and what you're doing. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.